0: Hey there, DC fans! This is Josh Rayner, editor in chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles. Uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now, you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNEWS35. That's D-C-N-E-W-S-3-5. DCNEWS35. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at insighteditions.com.
1: Hey there, all you DC Comics news, DC Comics fans of movies, television, streaming, comics, and more. You've arrived at the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. This is episode number 130. I'm your host, Seth Tingleton. I am joined by the amazing Mr. Brad Forky. Brad, how you doing, sir?
2: Hey, hey, I'm doing good. As we're recording this, it's free comic book day, so I hope everyone listening had a chance to hit up their local shop and get some free books.
1: Or if you're like me, you're going immediately after this because that's the only chance you have to get to the car because, yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, (laughs) However you end up, I also want to give a quick shout to our friends who can't be with us. I'm talking about you, Kendra Hale, Kelly Gaines, Steve J. Ray. It's been a while since we've had the whole gang. Thank you to all of you who have not gotten annoyed by Brad and I regularly being the only two on here. (laughs) If you happen to hear my voice while thinking your own thoughts, or Brad's, which would be preferable, I encourage you to be okay with it. Things will get back on track. It's just the nature of the, you know, the way we all adjust right now. We're lucky enough to be hanging out with you with this amazing list of news stories. And leading off our movie news is the uh, announcement that Warner Brothers and AMC have struck a deal for a 45-day theatrical window. Now, this is an interesting agreement and something that's in light of stories that we've heard recently between uh, companies, platforms, theaters, and us all trying to figure out how we're going to make this work. Brad, what do you think about this story and its take on things?
2: Uh, uh, This might be that healthy middle ground between releasing things on streaming and theaters at the same time or waiting a long time before it hits streaming, it's kind of that middle ground. Uh, As as someone who goes to a lot of movies in the movie theater, even now, I've, I've gotten back into the swing of going to the movie theater. I keep it safe and everything, but I still go to the theaters a lot. And because Warner Brothers has been doing the HBO Max releases, I fully admit that I have watched all those movies on HBO Max and gone to the theaters for other movies just just as a matter of of time and convenience. And that even includes something that I've been looking forward to so much as Suicide Squad. I did end up watching that on um, HBO Max. So I do think that um, this, this may work out better for Warner Brothers in in those terms, because if that was the case, I would still see it in the theater, but I would have less time to wait before I could watch it on streaming again. So I think I think that this is probably a good idea in a post COVID world. Uh, what about you?
1: I mean, I understand the the need for you know <laughs> making up the finances that have been lost. Uh, I do know that there is already an experience that's been enjoyed by fans, which allows them to hear or see the movies. It seems like there needs to be some kind of a compromise for the, the industry that provides so much support for the contracts and the films that are being made, and that's the theaters. And I agree with you, Brad. I've been loving HBO Max. I love that I can see a movie. I mean... Honestly, in the safety of my home right now, I'm fully vaccinated, but I also know that there's a variant on the rise. I, I'm going to free comic book day, and then that's going to be it because I have a surgery on Wednesday and I got to sequester for a couple of days because that's how much I need to make sure I don't get sick before that. And I'm sure anybody with a compromised immune system or simply desired not to get sick is still questioning what is it we don't know about the disease we've been trying to. Work around with our lives, and this is a workaround, but I also feel like it's something that's going to be open to negotiation if we have any other close downs, if there's another experience where, you know, you're releasing a movie for 45 days to only 30% of the population that is comfortable going to view it, and then the rest are waiting for it on a platform. It, it just sounds really like it's a good idea for now, but I also know we've experienced how quickly things can suddenly change. So I feel like in the future, this could be something that's modified just for the benefit of both groups. Um, I think I'm kind of stuck on that at this point. You know, I feel like there's a lot more that could be said about it, but with so much speculation, it's like, do I really want to just talk to you, hear myself talk? <laughs> <Or> <laughs> am I okay with just stopping where I'm at now? great thing is, it's not like I'm just trying to drag out the only story we've got on this list. We've got plenty. Picking up our next word, we have the, uh, we have the announcement that Rupert Gregson-Williams is returning for James Wan's Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Now, I happen to know that Brad is something of a fan of music, so I was curious what your take was on this story, my friend.
2: Yeah, I'm glad that um, that Robert uh, Grayson Williams is coming back. Uh, it's gonna have. Uh, well, first of all, I like I like the score he did for the first Aquaman. So I think that he's got a good vision and and, and knows what he has to do. And bringing him back will give give a little bit of familiarity between the two films and their feel. And now that they have, you know, granted they have the same director, so of course it's gonna have a little bit of the same feel. But it just keeps it makes it feel like a continuing story, so I I I like that he's coming back, and everything is pointing towards this being even bigger and more over the top than the first one. So yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to hearing the score. Uh, What about you?
1: Yeah, I agree with what you're saying about the continuity. I'm also torn by the fact that when I heard you say Rupert, I'm worried. I said Robert. So. I hope I said Rupert Gregson Wood. Oh, no, I think you did. I, I think you said Rupert. Okay. Yeah, no guarantees. Like suddenly I heard someone else say the word and I'm like, did I say that correctly? I now have all this doubt. Um, <laughs> I love the continuity of having the the score because I feel that when you do that, um, it it reminds me of the great projects where you rely on that score to provide the continuity through something like uh, a great trilogy. Um, To this day, I'm really quite sure that if anyone besides John Williams had done Star Wars, it it would not have the same thematic cinematic feel. I also feel the same way about the Lord of the Rings movies. I I feel that there are certain things where it's that music tone that, you know, catches. I I feel that for so many fans of uh, the Marvel films, one of the things they've really done well is recognizing when thematic score can work. Zack Snyder's. I remember doing that watch party, and everybody was going nuts when certain, you know, you knew that orchestral uh, melody was pointing to a character, mm. and it was either, you know, uh, to an emotional state or an action. But there was an awareness for everyone, you know, watching and listening what that meant and the uh, the impact for them. So I think this is a great announcement, and I agree with you. Everything's pointing to a much bigger sequel. The excitement, the passion, you got to enjoy that. And you have to enjoy the fact that we've got another Aquaman 2 story in which Yaya Abdul-Mateen second says the sequel script is better than the first. And it looks like we'll be getting a little more, or maybe a lot more, Black Manta. What do you think about this story?
2: Uh, you know, uh, you could take it with a little bit of grain of salt because a lot of actors say that, be- you know, things like that before the film comes out and things like that. But. I like that he said it because he is Black Manta, and I always wish that Black Manta had more screen time in the first one. So it looks like he's going to have more in the second one. So that really kind of excites me. And 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 also, like I like I said with the, the previous story, that um, this is just one more of those things that's pointing to this being an even more Over the top spectacle than the first movie and the first movie was pretty over the top. So, yeah, it's just one of those things that as a fan just makes me again, you know, more excited. So, um, yeah, I, 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 uh, I hope he's right. What about you?
1: Yeah, I I love it when the story talks about how, you know, I'm hitting the gym, I'm getting real ready, you're going to see different sides of me. I I like the idea of this direction. I felt like there were hints of it in the last movie. I felt like with uh, the first Aquaman movie, it was so much more about him embracing his identity um, and his responsibility that goes with it. And then, you know, kind of cementing his place as the ruler of the kingdom. Now it's going to be about there were other forces at work and we're going to get to see what what role black manta plays in that and what it looks like now for the king of atlantis to rule and to sort of understand what that means when there are threats and i also feel like given the uh the layers that we had in the first one this is just going to be one segment of this uh, movie that we're going to enjoy. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the other pieces are. that are going to kind of add to that tension that Black Manta is going to bring, you know, is that, that outside danger that, well, he's got plenty of reasons. If you saw the first one, (laughs) you know why he'd be (laughs) back around for the second. And when it comes to uh, an interesting twist about, Hey, maybe if you pop up in something, it can it can change how you're going to be around. I loved... Uh, you know, I'm not even going to do that. I was worried I might be on the verge of giving a spoiler about something. I'm going <laughs> to step away. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about right there, yeah. Brad. So yep. I'm just going to dive in with this, this announcement that uh, Taika Waititi is in talks to direct a DC Universe movie. This the same gentleman who has... some wonder and magic when it comes to things like mandalorian or thor ragnarok what did you uh think about the story and the possibilities it suggests for the dc universe brad
2: i mean this guy is so hot right now everything he touches turns to gold so i would totally welcome him uh coming on board to dc uh i loved thor ragnarok uh i Uh, You know, I I, kind of started thinking, well, what would I like to see him do? And I was thinking like a Legion of Superheroes or like a Challengers of the Unknown, which seems to me that I probably said this before on the podcast, things like that about him and and those projects. But uh, it would be fun to see him do something like that. And um, also, if Doom Patrol wasn't such a sensation right now with the TV show, I would suggest that for him as well. But um I, I you know I, I'd be willing to see what he wanted to do with any with with any DC property really at this point. What about you?
1: Yeah, I'm really torn. I mean he's he's also done some really fun, wonderful understated work. Like uh what is it, we who lurk in the sh- we who dwell in the shadows, we who Something yeah, like yeah,
2: the uh, the the vampire. Yeah, that it just got renewed for season four. For okay, yeah. So, shows, so yeah. you know what I mean? Just has yeah. that really wonderful
1: dry humor and and um, r- reminds me a bit of uh, oh the uh, the waiting for Guffman um, acting troupe, you know, and they would have that just sort of wonderful. Oh, Christopher Guest world. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that that content is is something to to me. So when you consider that, like there's part of me that thinks that yeah, he would be great for challengers. The unknown. I think you're totally on spot with that. I also feel like he would be uh, a, a perfect one to do a metalman. I think he would really have a lot yeah. of fun yeah,
3: there
1: you in, go. in the tech and also bringing to life like you know a really interesting you know Magnus. Um, I feel like there would be some fun with him. Like, I feel he could totally do a Ha League and go back to the early Justice League with, with Booster and Blue Beetle and Guy and just, you know what I mean? Have a lot of fun with that just mm-hmm. based on uh, what we do in the shadows and, which I know I'm horribly just naming the name of that show and I'm fine with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that there's also like that great quality to, to recognize where he could, He could grasp some other really fun stuff and and totally make it into that great thing that we want. I mean, Jojo Rabbit showed how, you know, he even, I mean, uh, if I say this the wrong way, it'll be something that people can edit forever and, and it would be wrong. But he made characters that you're supposed to hate feel a little bit like you enjoy them on the screen when they're interacting with others. And. That for me feels like, dude, I would love to see this guy do an ambush bug. I would love to see him like get his hands around also some like big character and, and just have a good time. Like, you know what? Give me a taiko with Captain Adam movie. I'm in. I'm down. Give me an Adam movie. I think he could totally rock it. Give mm-hmm. me you know what I mean? And I also yeah. feel like you, you know, so much so I, I think the best thing is when you've got talent like this, it's sort of like okay, why don't you let him talk with a lot of people? And when they get excited about stuff, then let him write things and hire scripts and, you know, do what he does so well. All right, so promising not to rant too much farther on that, but knowing we have a final movie story I want to bring our way, it's one that's been debunked by James Gunn himself, and it's about directing Gotham City Sirens as a DC movie. Brad, you know... did this one really stick with you, or is it more of a, eh?
2: Well, I think that this is another one that you kind of have to take with a <laughs> bit of a grain of salt. Not that he is lying, but he's cheeky. He knows how to play the the social media accounts and, and the internet. So don't necessarily count it out. I think that if if an idea is good enough, whether it comes from him or Margot Robbie, then he might consider it. I do love the idea of him coming back for another DC movie. And again, I say that he could do a a Legion of Superheroes uh, challenges, you know, same thing. I would like to see him do like a Justice League International or uh, or even a JSA because he's really good at taking those obscure characters and making them household names like uh, with Groot and Rocket. And now we're seeing with. Uh, like king shark and polka dot man. So I would love to see him take a crack at some of these more obscure characters. And like you were saying two metalmen would be good. So yeah, I I do th- hope he comes back and I do think he will. But um you know, I I think that there's a lot of DC characters and and universes that he could work with, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that he wouldn't do a a uh, gotham city sirens movie you know if the idea was good so so we'll see what about you i i, I get why he would want to make
1: sure that people know what he is and isn't working on it and maybe not get in the way of what other projects could be in talks and and also probably be you know <laughs> straightforward about like look that's actually not something i want to do so i'm going to nip this in the bud because there are other things I do want to do, and I agree with you. Yeah, Challengers would be a great one as well. Uh, I feel like he could do a great JLI. Um, I definitely feel like he could have fun just, you know, tapping into some other stuff and, and making us all sort of just pause and go, oh, wow, like I, I would be interested if he could piece together enough material to do Global Guardians. Like I thought that was such a, a really interesting thing that I wondered, like, wow, I wonder I wonder whatever happened, if you would, you know, give them a, a – uh, a title of their own or if he could just peek at some corner and just pull it a thread and keep pulling you know, his suicide squad was phenomenal i love the way that it it really provides a reason why a, a peacemaker spinoff works so well now um yeah there was you know one or two perfect scenes where i thought to myself nice way to set up the, the challenge for the character for that spinoff which is you know identity idea and what do you really stand for what does that mean so his potential to see those layers and, and make something really amazing come about is, uh, well, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun for everybody who's looking forward to that kind of stuff. What I can say is if you're looking forward to more news stories for us, yeah, we've we've got more. In fact, we're gonna charge right into our TV and streaming with the announcement that if you're, you know bored on YouTube and you haven't seen it yet, Lucifer season six has its trailer up. It's there for you to watch. We both got a chance to catch it. Brad, what'd you think?
2: Uh, this this is your very flamboyant, uh, stylish uh, Lucifer that you kind of come to expect. Looks like he's going to have his hands full this season with a lot. But the thing that grabbed me most is that little animated couple seconds that we saw so i'm really curious about how they're going to work that that. (laughs) yeah like i I really can't wait to see how that's going to factor in yeah so this is and again i wouldn't be surprised if uh we get an announcement after this season hits netflix that they're going to do a season seven and man netflix is is really notorious for pulling the plug after just a few seasons on a lot of shows but they're really letting lucifer ride so Um, it's going to be, I I just love seeing how long this show can go on. Uh, what about you? What'd you think?
3: Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm completely flashing right now to that. Um, oh, the movie with, uh, it's totally going to escape me right now. Do you remember let it ride featured? What's his name from close encounters? Um,
2: Oh, Richard Dreyfus.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, and and let it ride. (laughs) He's just as down as luck. Uh, you know, horse track gambler and i just remember like once he starts winning it becomes this thing it's like how far can you go and i feel like that's the way netflix is looking at lucifer it's like yeah we picked it up for one or two it's even better for three hey look this is the little engine that could why do we have to be the ones who say it can't and and i almost feel that they could get away with giving everybody i mean, yes. You can instantly come back around and say season seven. They keep saying it's going to be final. What I would love is if they took a break for a year or two, let everybody do a bunch of stuff, you know, just have some fun, knock out some projects (laughs) and then come back around and be like, yeah, we just couldn't get enough. We knew you couldn't either. We've already been working on a script. Look out season seven through 10 and just, you know what I mean? Like Do that little pause bump. Know that everybody's just chomping at the bit. And then start teasing us 18 months out and be like, well, it could happen, you know, and then everybody, and mm. there you go. Yep. look, I'm not trying to fill in anybody, but if that's how you get about <laughs> stuff, like, pretty sure that's what you'll be doing. Steve, we know we'll <laughs> jump through the floor of his place. Steve, if you're listening right now, I'm going to laugh my butt off if you're on like the rail or something or a bus and you're like hopping through the floor because, you know, it's city property and I don't want you to get in trouble because I love you, man. Um, <laughs> this this is just one of those things That seems like a lot of fun um, it, it felt like overall it was just It was On key for everything that they've Done so far and they want to Remind you of how they do it so well From the scene the dancing The animated part was adorable The Also the concept of like yeah So there's getting the throne And then there's you know Maybe having to work for it And a couple of twists along the way Some potential threats that As Lucifer suggests in the trailer, he actually didn't see coming and how that could play into, like Brad said, future seasons. I mean, wouldn't it be kind of fun if it had the perfect send off and also a possibility of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Stick around, keep asking, bug us. I don't know. I think it's uh, (laughs) I think it's one of those things like like you said, Netflix has a history of doing it one way. They're doing it this way for a reason. I say don't give, don't think it's over. That's all I'm going to say. Don't think it's over, even when they say it is, right? Because, hey, that's what they do. They love to surprise us. Hey, we've got one more on the uh, TV and streaming. And this is the announcement that let's say you like having the access for streaming when it comes to great animated content, but there's some you wish you could bring home. But on your shelf. Well, you're in luck because Superman the animated series is heading to Blu-ray this October. Brad, how excited are you about this?
2: Uh, very. And this is uh, you know, I guess it's a good time because it is uh it is the anniversary of it, so it does make sense. Uh, it was at the 25th anniversary. But I'm kind of surprised that this hasn't happened already because I remember when they released the Batman animated series on blu-ray that was a huge success everybody was posting pictures oh i got it i ordered it i got it oh look at this look at this They did unboxing videos everybody was super excited when that happened and a lot of those fans also loved the superman animated series so uh i, I i'm surprised it hasn't happened already but it's definitely uh it's definitely due and some of these bonus features seem really really kind of cool um you know they have a lot of interviews with the creative minds behind it um you know paul dini bruce tim and uh the um the uh the 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 dark side a villain worthy of superman featurette seems like it's going to be kind of cool too so yeah i i i am definitely looking forward to this this might definitely be something that uh, earns a place on my shelf oh what about you
1: See, this is what points right back for me to the Netflixer we were just talking about. How many years go by, fans are still just, they're ready. Like, gimme. <laughs> gimme. So keeping that in mind, yeah, it, it is smart to you know, look at the timeliness of the 25th anniversary and the release on October 12th to fit with that. But it, it, I also love the things you were pointing out with these featurettes. I mean, the first one really caught my attention. Uh, the Timeless Icon where you essentially get a chance to sort of follow the journey of the show, uh, creating the mythology, and and you get the chance to hear it directly from Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, uh, Dan Reba, Bob Goodman. And I think the one that stuck with me was also the casting dialogue director, Andrea Romano, because you're picking Tim Daly and Clancy Brown. You're like mm. making, you know what I mean? There was an interesting commitment at that time because – Batman the Animated Series has done well, but other than that, Superman was new territory in a lot of ways. And also, how do you capture that that stoic, yet um, endearing, yet so human quality that Superman embraces in the comics and bring it to life in voice? Because the visuals are gonna work, but man, we, we know these voices. And so I, I love that idea and all the other pieces that go with it. I figure if you're gonna go ahead and finally bring this around, It's a good thing to include some other stuff because people have been waiting a while and, you know, it's good to reward that sort of faith, right? Mm -hmm. Tell you what, we're going to reward you as well. We've got an ad break coming up right now and then we're going to come back to you with more news. It's on our comics side and we can't wait to share it with you. So thanks for hanging out for these ads and it's coming back around as we get the chance to talk more and more DC Comics news stories with you. We'll be right back.
0: Everything out there in the world you can you can find you got books collectibles uh, Pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items and right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DC news 35 that's D-C-N-E-W-S-3-5. dcnews n e w s three five 35 DC news 35 use that code and receive 35 percent off site-wide at insighteditions.com
3: this is seth singleton from dc comics news here to tell you about the spinner rack each and every week dc comics publishes so many great books it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money and that's where the spinner rack comes in the spinner rack is my honest attempt to rate review score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week how can you listen it's easy all you have to do is go to your favorite platform subscribe to DC Comics news Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores
4: My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spitter Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I
3: am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you... About Book. a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one.
0: Harley Quinn? Harley fucking Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966.
5: Oh, look, there. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up the bat, i I definitely do not fuck that In need of an adult-sized nemesis.
2: Humans make good fertilizer.
5: You can't fuck with Lois Lane sake i'm a damn good cop a lot of lasers
0: Mm. educational and informative the dc comics news podcast network presents mad love the harley quinn cast
3: (laughs) back to you seth so tell us your thoughts we'd love to hear from everyone out there or not that's really up to all of you
5: What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News.
4: I am Tony Hasty for this show.
5: And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC Universe.
4: We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Your discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot.
5: Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth <laughs> joke.
3: <laughs> Here's <Monday>. hoping. <laughs>
4: We're gonna have guests on this show. We're gonna be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff, let's go. Off the cuff, off the cuff. Anything you off, want, anything you top. want.
5: Scooby Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about.
4: That's what the show is about. We're gonna That's be talking the- about we're gonna be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go.
5: No, no one had to see more of the bat.
4: No, I didn't
5: want God damn it. Look, all right. we right. We're to gonna- Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you were a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo.
4: Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes.
5: Yes. And a Santa, uh, an unseasonable un- 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 Santa hat except it's season whatever check us out
4: (laughs) not getting rid of the santa hat
1: available exclusively on youtube all right all right all right as i said faithful warden which means you stuck around we're still here we've got more great stories i'm your host Seth singleton I'm with Brad Falicki. And our next one up is a really fun story for me, a really great development in my opinion. Tim Drake's Robin comes out as bisexual in New Batman comic book by Salome Hailu from Variety. Brad, what did you think about this story and the uh, you know the development in Tim Drake's character?
2: You know, it's always been that there's always been that kind of um Undercurrent in Batman, people say, "Hey, are they?" You know, like going back even to the Saturday Night Live's ambiguously gay duo. So there's always been that curiosity or questioning of what if. So I think it makes sense to uh, kind of explore those avenues. Uh, and I'm I'm really interested in how this is going to kind of affect the mythology of the Tim Drake character going forward. I think there can be a lot of interesting um, aspects to explore storytelling and things like this. So, yeah, I think this is a, another kind of those things where it's, you know, maybe it's an idea that's time has come and, and uh, let's go ahead and explore these things. It's, um, you yeah. know, not only is it a great time to be a DC fan, but it's a great time for representation in comics. It's great seeing these voices recognized and these different communities represented and this is just another example of that what about you
1: I was really like I paused for a minute when I first heard about this story and it it probably took me about 30 seconds of reflection to realize just how perfect um, this development was for Tim I it was amazing to me that afterwards I would find myself thinking back on it you know trying to understand better why it was that felt so right i guess for tim and there's always been this comfort with him that yes he he at times will want to prove himself uh as being you know the newest robin fully aware that he was following in the footsteps of you know the the sort of the uh template <laughs> you know the the ideal which is dick grayson and the tragedy which was jason todd and there was something about the way tim approached his his willingness to openly consider all situations to understand not just what he he thought he knew but also what he didn't know so that he could better do what he does so well there's a way that tim looks at things that i feel isn't built on i felt like dick grayson was always going to be trying to live up to his own Identity as a man after living in the shadow of such a powerful towering man like Batman and with Jason, his history became so complicated that I think he's always fighting his inner demons. Tim, he wasn't burdened by those things. And and because of that, I felt like he could really be honest with any feelings and emotions he might, you know, discover have questions about, and I love the way the story references one of the great points in his dialogue, which is saying, I've really been thinking about you, and I don't know what that meant to me yet. But instead mm-hmm. of it being something that he was uncomfortable you know, considering, Tim seems like that great person who just looks at what he is and what he wants and doesn't frame it against something else, but presents it sort of just as it is, this idea of I'm attracted to someone. And I think I'm reminded best of a great example from uh, this, this show that always makes me sound like I'm swearing, but I'm not, Shit's Creek. And there was a great moment where two characters are talking, and the one character mentions, hey, do you prefer red or white wine? And the character says, I like the wine. I like the wine. And I always yep. thought that was such a really poignant way of describing. If you are not concerned about the, the – construct of the person you care or interested in the person then what you end up with is this really wonderful understanding of yourself what you want what you don't want and and by that comparison for this for me this felt like just such a natural development in in tim's identity it seems like something Mm -hmm. he would be totally comfortable exploring and it could lead to uh, a new direction in his life or it could just be one of the many paths he takes because you know, that's probably the great thing. If you only care about the wine, well, who knows how many different paths you'll get to walk in your lifetime? And Tim seems so perfectly suited to enjoy a lot of great adventures. And I'm excited for this new one for him. I know that was probably a big, long-winded thing, but this story no, really. I don't really like it. Me. Oh, thanks, man. It. It, it really stuck with me. You know, there was something powerful about hearing about it, and immediately just seeing how right this was for a character like Tim. He's just that. Ah. Uh, that very honest and open and wonderful. I mean, I swear, this is one of those characters where I'm like, if you were in real life, I would love to be able to know that I know you and that I can call you someone that I know. Because, yeah, what a great guy. (laughs) All right, I'm going to quit gushing because that was a a really fun story to do it over. But then, who knows, maybe I'm just going to keep gushing because... Yes, yes, yes. If you've heard the rumors or if this is your first time, when you hear it, don't don't question down. Don't, don't, you know, what, what? That's right. Tom Taylor and Yasmin Putri are going D&D on the DCU. It's a 12-issue series, and it's called The Dark Knights of Steel. And I already know at least one person on DC Comics News staff has said they're all about this. And could it get more excited? Brett, are you
2: in that same camp Yeah, I'm pretty excited for this. Although I got to admit, I'm uh, I like my high fantasy kind of dark. So I'm hoping this is more Game of Thrones than Saturday morning cartoon. Um, But in the hands of Tom Taylor, it's almost guaranteed to be good no matter what. So, yeah, I think this is going to be going to be a lot of fun. And it's 12 issues, too. So it's going to be it's going to be a lot. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. What about you?
1: Well, the first thing I know is if Tom Taylor's in it, lots of people are gonna die. It's gonna be sad, it's yeah. gonna be tragic, it's gonna be painful,
2: but there will be some yeah. gruesome and gory death. Yeah, I like, didn't even think in those terms. So yeah, I guess we are gonna get more Game of Thrones than uh Yeah. I'm just fairly certain.
1: You know what I mean? Between injustice, between deceased, like, yeah, dude, if Tom Taylor's writing it. People are going to (laughs) die. People are going to die. People are going (laughs) to die. And and the setting, I think, makes for really, you know, an interesting concept. Because the more you think about how relevant the omniverse has become and how each of these worlds is, you know, it's playground. It's like go into the wet sand with your pail, with your shovel, with your fancy stuff and build. Just build. Because guess what? Everywhere you look, there's another sandbox. And (laughs) who says that what you create somewhere, someone else isn't going to come in and do as well. So I love the idea of Tom Taylor going, I'm going to build me a playground. I can't wait to see what happens after I'm done after 12 issues. And I'm pretty sure the body count will be high and the remaining number of heroes will be low. But I also feel like, you know, that's to be expected because as I've said it, and I will stop saying it after this, it's Tom Taylor. People are going to die, okay? I'm okay with it. You'd be okay with it. <laughs> and that's just, I mean, we're just barely scratching at the surface of announcements. We've got more. And yes, we also have more than happen to do with miniseries. This one's just a three-issue, but then again, it's all about the team-up. That's right. Jeff Lamar and Dustin Wynn. Reteaming for the three-issue Robin and Batman uh wow brad what'd you think my friend
2: oh yeah i i'm super psyched for this i loved uh ascender and descender i love love jeff lemire's writing and dustin Wynn's art is incredible and i like when those two work together like dustin's like his like watercolors i mean there's just something so uh oh, so special about it i'm i'm super psyched and i think his writing style and Dustin's art style is just a perfect um, combination. So I'm I'm really excited for this. What about you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that first uh, image,
2: that cover, yeah. And
1: knowing that we're going to be focusing in a bit on Dick Grayson as Robin in the early days, I mean those two things immediately caught my attention. But the watercolor description, Brad, I can't think of anything more apropos or apt as far as description. Well said, my friend. Like well nailed, and. Should you, you know, be interested in in that, but maybe not be able to get enough? Guess what? There's another six issues you can get that's from the Bat family, and that is all about the Robins. What do you think about this six issue coming our way in October, Beth?
2: Well, uh, you know, I'm intrigued. I think this could be a cool story. Uh, The whole idea about there being a Robin before Dick Grayson, that was a little kind of plot point that they gave away in the article really interests me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious about this. I think this is definitely one I'm going to be checking out. Uh, what about you?
1: Definitely. I mean, you know, they sort of start, you know, baiting the hook pretty heavy with Tim Seeley and Baltimore Rivas. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you got to love the mm-hmm. fact that, that you can also just sort of I guess thinking about what it means to, you know, be a Robin, be one of the fam, What it, what it's like to sort of Uh, (laughs) walk in their shoes a bit more and in doing so get the chance to see what it's like i mean can you imagine joining the robins and knowing that there's this whole cadre that have been there before you and that once you've been there for a while there's almost this like robin speak i imagine that the robins sort of get that's just part of that community um i'm always reminded of of those different tasks where there's only one person who's going to do it her thing and each time it's almost like they'll leave behind these little tidbits and notes for the next person coming up so I, i love this concept i love all the suggestions i don't know how everyone will be loving this next story because there's been some fun had with great creators with great characters and the announcement that James Tynan IV will be departing from Batman after issue number 117 brings to an end some remarkably creative and incredible storylines he has uh, crafted for us. Brad, what would you think about this announcement? How are you feeling?
2: Oh, man, I'm, I'm so torn about the story uh, because I can't wait to see what he does with these creator-owned books. Because the stuff that he's like – the. Nice house on the lake has just been incredible. Uh, I, I love what he's done, so I can't wait to see what he does next. But I, I I'm going to be bummed that he's not going to be on Batman and in the DC world. Of course, he did say that his relationship is still good, so he's leaving it open to come back. So it'd be great to see him come back uh, in the next year or so, and do like a mini series or something, real quick in and out, before you know maybe he, he'll come back around to come back full time. But hopefully we'll at least get a few DC stories in that time period. But um, yeah, um, it, it's, it's, uh, I'm a little bit torn. What about you?
1: I'm, I'm not surprised, for starters, because I did read a while back that his plan had only been to go through, I think, issue number 100. And then uh, he stuck around. He saw that there was more story he could tell and more he was interested in telling. But once I heard that, it was like, okay, well, then it's just a matter of time. You know what I mean? Like if if you had planned to leave, then then at some point you see an end, whatever that might be. Maybe this is extended in some way for us. It's going to be for that additional 17 issues. But I also do know that, you know, he's been making some comments. For example, he's leaving Twitter, I think, soon, if not the end of this month. He will no longer be on Twitter. He, he's got a lot of comments about why he's making that choice, uh, how he'll only be communicating through Tiny Onion, his newsletter, and uh, through Razor Blades, his independent mag, but also with his creator-owned projects. What he's been getting into uh, and the range that he's been displaying <laughs> has really been impressive uh something
2: is killing the children
1: i mean he's already mm-hmm. mentioned that development yeah, I, mean, I didn't
2: even get to that yeah i mean that's another one
1: oh man that book has to this day still blows me away i mean it's yeah. just so well done and the stuff he's getting into with things like department of truth the really dark you know the yeah. idea of conspiracy and rumor but then also some of the just really light and beautiful stuff like wind um it's just <laughs> phenomenally gorgeous so This idea that he's now going to be, you know, the the key sort of talent behind something like Substack and that he's got a UFO theme, which for me just seems like it feeds right out to part the truth with uh, with Blue (laughs) Book, which also for me, like Freddie was enjoyed the conspiracy alien stuff like Blue Book. Just my brain just was like, really? How adorable are you to bring that one in? Like. (laughs) And I understand that, you know, the commitment to D.C. has probably got to be long term to a degree. And, you know, after after so many of those, if he has his chance to do this in order to do it right, he probably has to step away. So I understand that. I love that he could still be coming back at different times for different guest projects or minis or things like that. But um, given how well he's done, I I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do on these creator own and and the man's earned it like he this is his time to stretch his wings kind of fly a little bit exactly you know and when you see what Snyder's been doing recently too and some others it's like hey every once in a while you got to take these chances because no one likes looking back and regretting no one likes thinking about the thing they could have and didn't so hey Mr. Tyne well, well done sir thank you for all the things that we're gonna see in Batman and uh congratulations on your continued success i look forward to seeing just what else is in store um with that in mind we do have a uh related story to to keep us in i'm gonna do a little hop jump and then i will swing us back around to one other that this fits i think more apropos and that's the announcement that nice house on the lake which is written by James Tyen, which, uh, Brad, you were just talking about, is going to be taking a five-month hiatus, and it's doing so with a big difference. (laughs) What did you think about that announcement?
2: Usually I'll tell you what my favorite story is in the week, but this is probably my least favorite story because I've been loving that book. So I'm really bummed that we're going to have to wait. But I do like that they're going to publish a collection of the first six issues Uh, in March before the seventh issue comes out. So I think that'll be a nice way to catch up on everything and refresh memories and all that before it comes back. So, um, I mean, it's been such a great series, so I think it will be worth the wait. It just kind of, it's a bummer that we're going to have to wait so long. What about you?
1: I mean, agreed. You know, that's the tough thing about it. He's building such a suspenseful mystery. By the time first issue was done, I was like, "Oh, yeah. you!" Evil, that first issue man. was a doozy. No. Yeah, totally hooked, right? Yeah. And then knowing, fully aware of the fact that they've like basically got you, and and you're just like putty. Then it's like, okay, and now we're gonna take a break, and then we're gonna come back. And I think the power to do that it is impressive. I think the frustration for fans is probably gonna be equal, if not more so. And <laughs> I just got a kick out of the fact that it was like, well, yeah, it also makes sense that if he's stepping away from DC at one seventeen and he's he's got these other things, like it would make sense that this kind of a break might occur and then he'll be able to pick things up five months later uh i i can only imagine what that cliffhanger is going to be like because yeah man who knows
2: that's, yeah that's that right? does intrigue me too like wow yeah.
1: yeah yeah and then on the trade like you said brad like we get a trade in between so it's nice that folks can get their hands on that collection if they haven't been reading it uh, individually right now understand what the story is before things pick back up that's always a nice little bonus now With that, I do want to circle around to a story that was uh, next on the list, but I did a little leapfrogging so that I could get us to that story. And that's the announcement that DC has offered us and you. If you go to DCComics.com right now, you can see a first look at Mr. Miracle, The Great Escape by Varian Johnson. And what did you think about this one, Brett?
2: Yeah, I like seeing what characters DC brings to these YA graphic novels. Um, it's, it's such interesting little twists on them, I think. Um, you, know, you know, granted, it, reading them, it's kind of like living vicariously through kids and remembering what it was like to be that age. But they're still – the stories are still fun and they're nice, really self-contained little worlds. So this is one that I'm I'm looking forward to. And – you know, seeing the idea of seeing Scott Free and Big Barda in Apocalypse in a YA graphic novel, uh, I can't kind of can't wait to see how they're going to kind of show that and portray it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this. What about you?
1: Yeah, I think one of the interesting things is that if you've only read Tom King's Mister Miracle, if you only you know are aware of the character as an adult, there's references to the fact that. You know, he was this kid who was tortured for a very long time trying to escape. And then he finally, eventually did it. And I always feel like that's the part that's glossed over. And sometimes it's referenced in flashbacks. But that took a long time. You could probably have a five to ten year comic book series about Scott Free as a kid trying to break out of Apocalypse and all the different things that happen along the way and the ways he fails, the things he gives up, the, the people he helps instead of, you know, those those different choices. So I love that we're going to do this. I love that the YA has really done a great job of capturing what it's like for these characters. You know, as you said, to live vicariously, to get a sense of, of what other experiences, as we get older, we become less connected to. We're not part of whatever the, the current, the actual like uh, thematic current is for that age. And also keeping in mind the more things we understand now compared to when Scott Free was first created. In this version, we'll get a chance to see what it's like for him to not know his real name. Like, that's a really interesting idea. Like, you know,
3: yeah.
1: how is it yep. that they're going to, you know, have that create? And then also a struggle with PTSD, constantly being captured, constantly being subjected to the pain and the suffering. And, and how do you overcome that, which is uh, something that is needed in our conversations in every way possible. Doing it in this comic book series is a great approach, a great idea. And and I also think it's gonna capture that feeling of what it's like to be a kid. And you're talking about trying to get away from you know, Granny and Darkseid. Like Darkseid slaps around most major superheroes. Um <laughs> you're a teenager. This this must seem like the most daunting, you know, terrifying thing to consider so I, I love that we're going to get all of those viewpoints i think this is a great approach and i love a fresh take on classic material through projects like this so i think it's a really smart move i also think that anytime great talent comes to dc it's also a smart move which is why for our next story we have the announcement that tini howard has ended a marvel exclusive and will be making her dc return this November Brad how you feeling buddy
2: yeah I kind of I'm looking forward to this uh, I I I wasn't really familiar with her DC work before now so much but I have been reading some of the stuff that she's been doing in the world of the x-men and it's been very cool so I'm kind of interested to see how she'll bring that to DC and uh, you know what projects she'll end up coming over and, and writing so, yeah, I, you know, I would say welcome aboard. I'm I'm curious to see what she does. Uh, what about you?
1: Yeah, I've really enjoyed, you know, they've been doing some fun different things. De- I wasn't the biggest X of Swords uh, fan, but I did like the X-Men stories and such up to that point. And I've loved all the different threads that have come out of these these different yeah, ideas. I'm kind of digging had- X-Corp. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean... Pickman got me with the you know House and Powers. Like after that, yeah. I was like, all right, I'm I'm sucked in because you're you're taking a really fun you know twist on it. And then from that point, there's been different threads I've really enjoyed. Um, New Mutants has probably been one of my favorite, aside from the. But this is a DC show, so I'm gonna skip back to the okay. fact that we, we do know that she's uh you know been working on other projects like uh, Vol Comics Vampire. Um, and we know that when she makes her first appearance at dc she will be uh showing up in a uh, urban legends that's issue number 10 part of the anthology so it'll be nice to get a preview there also just to see where she wants to get you know her hands or where she wants to sort of dig in and play around what characters titles catch the interest i, I think that's one of the fun things too is this we get this introduction in the anthology while in the meantime clearly she's going to be working on other great stuff That's not the only great announcement to keep in mind. Another is that Mark Wade will be returning to DC in 2022. Now I'm a huge flash fan. So my reasons are are
2: right there, (laughs) but Brad, what's your, uh, this announcement. Oh yeah. I, I, I'm excited about this. Um, I, I, you know, I haven't read a lot of Mark Wade's newer stuff except for the, um, the stuff he did for, you know, death metal. But, uh, so it's, it's going to be nice to have it, you know, having him come back. And like you said, uh, Flash and everything that he's done in the past has been has been pretty, pretty important work, especially something like uh, Kingdom Come. So, yeah, uh, welcome back. It's going to be kind of nice seeing where his headspace is at with the stories he brings. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this as well. What about you?
1: I think this is a huge one.
2: Um
1: I love I love the fact that, you know, this is someone who is he's done a lot of fun stuff. I remember at one point he was like listing off all of the different things he'd been involved in. And at one point, I remember he was also working uh, with like uh, he'd done Kingdom Come. He'd done uh, one of the Marvel. It was like the uh, the X, the uh, earth x and things like that yeah that's that like, so, pretty yeah, crazy too yeah. you know basically i've destroyed the marvel universe i've destroyed the dc universe and reborn it and i think i might be taking a nap for a little while like he was really yeah. just in the middle of of everything um and then i mean you know pretty nice little run as editor-in-chief of boom studios but i, I think someone with so much history can come back to dc and and really have a bit of fun um Sort of seeing where they can get, you know, again, just like we were talking about with Howard, the idea of like, hey, how do uh how do you get back in? And and you know, where do you find yourself now that you're back around? Um <laughs> I like the idea that he's got an unused flash story that's that's yeah. something that he's pulling at. And and I feel with Mark Wade, uh he really won it for me back with the Wally West run, and he did his year one which was Wally as a teenager. And, and there, were some, there were some ideas he was crafting then that I feel he's yeah. always working with when it comes to these characters. So yeah. uh, I'm just excited. you know. I feel like he's, he's always coming back to these ideas where he's like, there's more to tell. This idea is just, it, it's got a lot of stuff in there. And uh, I got more to tell. <laughs> mm-hmm. I also love the fact that uh, it appears there is a box set that you can get that collects the DC comics that influenced the upcoming The Batman Movie, directed by Matt Reeves. I was really interested in this uh, collection of inspiration. Brad, what would you think about this story?
2: Oh, man, this is such a good idea uh, because these stories that are included uh, are so iconic and so important to the kind of back Batman mythos over the years that it's great to have them all in this one box set. And the buzz around the Batman is deafening at this point. So I think this is going to be something that does bring people into bookstores to, to pick this up. And it's going to make like a great gift, uh, like a, a great Christmas gift, uh, too. I mean, you got the long Halloween, uh, Ego and Other Tales, and Year One. I mean, come on. Like if you were going go to go to somebody who wasn't familiar with Batman – to introduce them to the character this would be three great stories to start with so yeah i think this is a a great idea what about you
1: okay i have one one serious problem with this idea and and this is it okay it should have happened sooner ah okay i'm done um because could you imagine if suicide squad had done the same thing and you yeah. would have had a chance to read those Suicide Squad comics right before the movie came out and get a feeling for where he wanted to draw. You know, that would have been a really neat idea, not only for you know, connecting fans of the movies to the comics that inspired them, but also for creating that bridge in which, hey, you like these stories. Well, there's more, you know, and this is what it's like to get a taste of that. I, I would love to see this for everything. I would love to see this for Wonder Woman 84. I would love to see them go back to all the movies we've had and do collections like this as well. Maybe they will. Hey, you know what? It's a golden age, as Brad always reminds me. And (laughs) this seems like something that if they recognize the value here, yeah, why not go back? Why not put together a great collection? Why not give me one for Man of Steel? Why not give me one for Snyder Cut? You know what I mean? Like, let Mm -hmm. me enjoy all of that. And I I promise you I will, but I will say that this is a genius idea and I can't wait. I can't wait for others to follow through and what a great collection as well. As you said, Brad, so iconic, you know, I mean, I think they had me along Halloween, but yes, then, then they continued to set the hook with, uh, with ego. Um, (laughs) yeah, I, I think it's pretty cool. Um, and I love that. We're still in it. Like, Trust me, there's more stories coming your way, such as the Justice League Incarnate will be starring in a new DC title as the Infinite Frontier saga continues. That's right. Writer Joshua Williamson. It's coming in November. Brad, what were your thoughts?
2: Uh, Who doesn't love Captain Carrot? You know, so exactly right there. Uh, but I I do like the team, uh, and I I have been actually enjoying Infinite Frontier. In fact, this morning I just read the most recent issue, uh, and it's looking kind of like it's setting this this up. So, uh, yeah, I, I I dig the idea, and and I like the idea of President Superman getting more exposure since the Michael P Jordan movie uh might be happening uh, soon. So. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to this, and I like the idea that they're going to be supersized issues, so we're going to get a lot of story in these six issues. So, yeah, it should be fun. Like I said, I'm enjoying the Infinite Frontier storyline, so I'm curious to see where this goes. What about you? I think
1: this is so smart. It's going to be such a great one. Um, I mean, simply put, (laughs) it's Josh Williamson. The guy's really been blowing me away. He doesn't seem like he's tired of writing. He seems like he's always got new stories to tell. And you know, also great collaboration. Like you've got uh, Andre Bresson and uh, Brandon Peterson providing the art, um, that that great little you know cover for uh, number one that they tease. It, yeah. <laughs> all the colors, Batman, there's, there's a lot of stuff to enjoy here. And yeah, like you said, who doesn't love Captain Carrot? And who doesn't love President Superman? And more about character we're gonna be hopefully seeing in an upcoming film project soon. Um, I also feel like it's just, you know, demonstrating to some of the potential behind um, Infinite Frontier and what it's spinning up through its stories that people can say, hey, you know, I'd watch more of that. I'd read more of that. Um, Give me more. (laughs) And it it looks like they're recognizing that, which I think is pretty huge. Um, Also very huge is what is in store for Wonder Woman. She's been on quite the cosmic journey. Dealing with some interesting challenges on the uh, sort of God level of things. But on her near horizon is a plan for her to defend humanity from cosmic prosecutors in a new DC series called Evolution. Um, You know, I think she's probably a pretty impressive litigator, given how well spoken she is in so many situations. What do you think about this announcement for uh, a different type of crime fighting Wonder Woman?
2: Yeah, I like this, especially given everything that's happened with the character after uh, Death Metal, that I think that it's kind of necessary to explore kind of this cosmic world uh, and have her, you know, save humanity in that way. Um, So, yeah, I think this is going to be kind of an important part of the DC universe going forward. So, yeah, this is another one of those ones that I'm looking forward to. Uh, What about you?
1: Uh, I am as well. I also love this premise that essentially there's a cosmic entity or group of entities that keeps check on the planets. And it feels like Earth is a danger to the cosmos. Isn't that what everybody's thinking? Isn't that why invasion happened? Like, isn't everyone always like Earth is bad. Earth must. We must, you know. (laughs) And I think if there's anyone who can argue our case, despite the fact that in some points they're probably right on target... We do have some redeeming qualities, and if there's anyone who can point those out, it's it's Wonder Woman. So yeah, she can she can argue my case at any point, especially if for any reason I suddenly suffered like temporary insanity, which is not outside the likelihood. Yeah, can I get Wonder Woman, please, 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 <laughs> counselor, counselor. Uh, So with all of that happening, she's not the only one who is changing roles. And Brad, you described it so well. Great development for the character, especially after the events of death metal. Also, an iconic character who is not going to be doing the job he's been doing. Batman is quitting Gotham and setting up a 2022 DC event that will be called or is called or uh, however you want to phrase it. Shadows of the Bat shadows of the bat coming our way in 2022 uh brad
2: what do you think about this story uh you know can batman ever really quit gotham although i i i'm curious i i think that even if he if bruce wayne leaves gotham we'll still have uh luke fox to come in as the next batman to take care of things so uh man i i think i, I think though that between now and when this starts we're going to be in store for some pretty earth-shattering Batman stories between Fierce State and now Shadows of the, Shadows of the Bat. Um, it's going to be uh, a very hectic time for Batman. And the character's never been more popular, obviously. I mean, it seems like more than half the stories we talk about on this podcast involve Batman or sort of Batman's characters. So um, I think that... It, no matter where Batman goes, I think his fans are going to follow so and, and he won't stay away from Gotham for too long, so don't worry about that. but um, yeah, it should be a very interesting time for Batman and Batman Comics. What about you?
1: you know it it makes sense with everything that Future State was suggesting, and it seemed like it would only be a matter of time before um, the events would Follow through. Yeah. If there was one thing mm-hmm. that I enjoyed about Future State, it was that glimpse into the future, and now the storylines we're enjoying are building to how those possibilities become realities and, and how much of them hold the shape that we saw with Future State. So I've been enjoying that. I also think it's a really smart transition point because, as the story mentions at the end, this is going to uh, coincide with the departure of James the IV at 117. So having right. that, then following with Fear State Omega number one, and then also taking off <laughs> the Shadows of the Bat in Detective is a really smart transition where I think you you pull Bruce Wayne away from being the center, and you allow the uh, supporting cast to step into their roles, however they be, as you mentioned, uh, the new Batman, as well as all of those who are considered part of the Bat family. and And I think there's an importance that's often placed on how central and necessary someone is when they're gone and everyone else has to adapt and there's that recognition of how things were and how things are which is also something i think we can all relate to given the past 18 months there's how things work there's how things are and there's also <laughs> like the new reality we're all navigating so I, I think it's also a really timely uh thing to consider and as you said brad i don't think he's going to be staying away for long but i do know that when superman died there was a year before he came back and along the way there were some uh phenomenal stories told about yep. those and trying to live up to the legacy yeah go ahead man
2: yeah well I was gonna say you're absolutely right and those characters that were created in that year still are around and still make an impression you i mean you've seen steel and Superman and lois and things like that so yeah i mean we we could um we could have that same thing happen where a lot of new iconic like, characters are released I mean, we already got Punchline. So, who's to know what we're in store for?
1: Definitely. And we're also seeing a transition of legacy with uh, Superman preparing, as as was you know shown in Future State, to leave the planet, his his son John, you know, stepping in to uh, you know take on the mantle. And and how many others will be you know transitioning into different roles while those who we've known for so long to hold those positions, uh, Aquaman and others. Are, are taking on new adventures ones in which um we're still going to enjoy all the things that they get to do but they're also going to be doing it outside of the places we're used to because others are stepping in to fill that place and they have journeys they need to go on i think it's a really awesome experience i'm i'm looking forward to the development to the stories that follow as you said to the great characters who can you know rise up and and then also because eventually there's that there's that return. I mean, it took a long time for Barry Allen to come back, but he did. I don't think it's going to be as long for Batman, but uh, I have faith. Let's put it that way. Shifting gears, we have a couple of really fun stories that
2: fall outside of the movie TV. Oh, oh, There's there's one more uh, TV story, or I'm sorry, comic book story. And that is that Danny DeVito is writing a Penguin story for the 80th anniversary of Batman's villains.
1: That's comic. the one that I leapfrogged and didn't get back around to. Nice catch, Brad. See, this is why I hang out with this guy. This is why you
2: guys <laughs> should be glad
1: I hang out with this guy. He keeps me on my toes. He keeps me honest. That's right. Danny DeVito is writing a penguin comic for the Batman Villain's idiot anniversary. Brad, since you're the brilliant and the man, the amazing one who caught that give me your take on this. Danny DeVito coming back to his character.
2: Yeah, this is this should be fun. I, I just, I'm I'm really curious on on uh, how he's going to bring his own version of the character into it. Is it going to be take place in kind of that Batman '89 world that's so popular right now, or is it just going to be something that's, you know, and can be seen in terms of regular continuity? So yeah, I, I'll be uh, very interested to see what he brings. Is his his take on the character, you know, like the story says, still leaves an impression. So he has kind of a a good sense of what the character is. So, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see what he does. What about you?
1: Also curious. I mean, not only to what, you know, he can do if he goes back into that, you know, that time frame of 1989 and, and that world, or if he tells a more modern one, because it's been interesting to see where Penguin has sort of been watching and surviving at times Joker War and other events in Gotham. It could be a great time to see, you know, what he might be working on while others like Scarecrow are are busy doing the big things. One of the things that Penguin pointed out and Danny DeVito's character pointed out so well is, hey, sometimes I make my best discoveries rooting through other people's garbage, stringing together their embarrassing histories, their past, the things they throw away that I know are important. And when I have them, who knows what I'm capable? that possibility that suggestion and also just you know a really talented actor putting his character into a new story i think it's a great combination and i'm really grateful that brad saved this from well jumping past that one and totally missing it for this week's episode so brad thank you sir we are indebted um with that i think i can confidently say now there are two other stories that fall outside of the ones And the categories we've already talked about, they always fall into our other category. The first being that Park Row has opened in London its DC-themed dining. What did you think about this
2: story, Brad? And Is Steve just kicking himself listening to it? Oh, man. I want to hear what Steve takes on this so bad. I can't wait till he goes and and can take pictures and and show us. Uh, and, And Steve... It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when I come over to London and visit you. And I hope this place is still open because we got to go. So, yeah, I I, I love this idea. Uh, I I love the idea that part of the restaurant is the Iceberg Lounge. I think that's that's perfect. Uh, You you can get cocktails. Love love me, love my umbrella. uh, An Iceberg Fizz. I mean, this is just great. And, of course, you have the amusement mile uh, and worse, Oh, God, this is going to be this is a must visit for any DC fan um, from no matter where you are in the world. You should try to make your way to London to uh, to experience this. So, uh, oh, yeah, man, this is this is great. What about you? Yeah, the breakdown is just ridiculous.
1: We could spend another 20 minutes just going yeah. over all the specs because it's just obscene you know, Amusement Mile to the uh, the uh, Selena Kyle curated art recreations to yeah. <laughs> some really great yeah. stuff. <laughs> I just chuckled when I was like, are you kidding me? Are, are you really kidding me? <laughs> um, yeah, Steve, well, the next time you're back on, just take over for a minute. Tell us all about your take on this because people are going to be curious like we are and they're looking forward to hearing it. Um definitely looking forward to hearing that more than they are our final story, which, well, depends on where you fall on this thing. But Wizard World ha- is closing. It's convention business and selling all cons off to Fan Expo. That's after twenty five years of faithful service. Bad, what'd you think of this announcement?
2: You know, this is another one I'm touring on too, because I know that people really love the Wizard World experience. So it's a bummer that they had to kind of get out of the con business. Um, you know, I, COVID, man, it's it was just such a kick to the knees for the con industry. So, you know, it's not it's not surprising. But on the other hand, it's good that Fan Expo is able to pick them up and keep them going. And uh, you know, I, I just hope that they can keep that kind of um, level of fan expectation that they that they came to you know, expect with, uh, with the wizard world cons. So, uh, you know, uh, for fans, I know that the, the Philly show was, uh, the wizard world Philly show was always supposed to be really good. So I just, you know, I just hope they can keep that, um, keep that tradition going. Uh, what about you?
1: Yeah, I guess in the end, it just seems like one of those transitions, it's going to happen and it's going to be because of something that's kind of out of control. You know. the past 18 months is really revamped how conventions are being held, what their needs are, what the expectations are for in-person fans um, compared to online. And the future looks really uncertain. You know, there's a lot of possibilities. Um, you know, there will be one final Wizard World in uh, Chicago, the 15th through the 17th. But with all the uncertainties that have kind of, you know, Risen and fallen, and risen and fallen over the past two years. I, I feel like things like this are are going to be part of a new landscape, adapting. And there are those who are going to adapt, and those who are going to say, "Our time's up. We're passing the torch. Let the next, you know, generation." And as you said, Brad, for all for all the you know continuity that we would like there to to be for those who are picking up, and that's Fan Expo. Um, There's still going to be a wait and see feeling until we know more information, until we have a feeling for what Fan Expo's plan is moving forward and how much it can keep up with what Wizard World was capable of doing for the last 25 years. It's a sad ending to a chapter, but I also feel like it's a reflection of what our new needs are and how in some ways, for some conventions, it's the online experience that a lot of people are looking forward to because of... What it offers compared to the challenges that the on-site location, which had a limited number of available participants, you know, now seems <laughs> maybe not like the model forward. So I feel with all the change in the air, something like this was bound to happen. And um, I just hope that for Wizard World, 25 years is a lot of great memories, and for all the fans who enjoyed them, hey, this is what those photos, this is what those memorabilia and those collections, and. Those pieces that we all sort of hang on to at times. That's what that's for. And I hope they're treasured as much and more. With that, that brings us to the end of episode number 130. This has been the DC Comics News Weekly podcast. I've been your host, Seth Singleton, and I have been immensely grateful to Mr. Brad Falecki for not only providing great insights, but saving me from missing great stories like I almost did a couple ago. Brad, the folks as endeared and I'm sure as enamored would probably love to follow up with you at some point. Where can they do so? How can they find more of your wisdom, my friend?
2: Uh, you can find me writing news and reviews at com. You can uh, find me on the Mad Love Harley Quinn podcast, part of the DC Comics News podcast network. And you can follow me on Twitter at b one And I have to apologize for all my coughing. I'm fighting a cold, but uh, I'm almost over it. So sorry for that, guys. And Seth, where can people find you?
1: Uh, you can find me here at dc comics news whether writing reviews for comics or hanging out with the gang on these podcasts uh you'll catch me weekly as often as possible with the weekly podcast gang on uh, episodes of mad love where we get just a little bit silly and, um, sometimes inappropriate and also hosting the spinner rack my top five picks from dc comics each and every week this is where you can find me i'm always here to hang out can't wait to spend another episode talking great stories with everybody. And as we like to, we always have one last reminder for everyone. But before I get to it, that's right, dramatic pause. Let me remind you, if you haven't yet, subscribe on the platform you're listening to. We're on all the big ones, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, and more, and all the little ones and all the ones in between. Make sure you subscribe, tell a friend, let them know all about it, and let us know what you're thinking. On all your favorite social media platforms, just use the at symbol in DC Comics News. It's capital D, capital C, capital C, -C O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. Use the at DC Comics News and let us know what you're thinking about this, all other great podcasts, stories, reviews, and more. And until then, see, dramatic cliffhanger now resumed. There's one last thing we'd like you to all keep in mind between now and next episode, and that is to always read more. Um, Boom. (laughs) Shakalaka. Take care, everyone.